wasn't to change the world. It wasn't to have 100,000 followers or anything like that. It was to raise awareness of access issues in the local area. Hi, I'm Brooke Melhouse. Welcome to Disabled and Proud, the podcast that does exactly what it says on the tin. Each week, the show highlights an awesome disabled guest speaking about their own disability, why they're proud to be disabled, and why they're proud to be themselves. Good morning, Simon. Welcome to Disabled and Proud. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, it's not too bad at all. Good. How are you? Yeah, no, I'm really good, thank you. I'm glad that the sun's out. It's so nice and sunny. It is, and uh, I've got a nice big back garden as well with a few chairs outside, so I'm going to sit outside most of the day. Oh, that's so ideal. So, first question Mm. that I ask every single guest on the podcast is, how do you refer to your disability? I refer to my disability as the technical term of cordioquinia syndrome. Uh-huh. which then scares everyone in the world because nobody knows what it is. Yeah. Um, one of the doctors who uh, specialises in this area, he says it's, uh, that, it's that every emergency A&E doctor ter- is terrified of and the public have got no idea what it is. Wow. Um, yeah, it's, it's spinal damage to you and me and mm. it needs to be treated within 48 hours otherwise you're left paralysed for life like me. Wow. Um, yeah, so you need emergency decompression surgery and it can result, you know, it can stem from like a slip disc or pulled muscle in the back and so on and so forth. Um, and if you've got shooting pains or you can't go to the toilet or you can't use a bladder or your bowels, yeah. then you have, they're called red flags and you've got to go to, down to A&E immediately because you might have CES, called Aquinas syndrome. And if you don't get the operation within 48 hours, you're pretty much done for the rest of your life because it's, it is 100% reversible, yeah. but it, it, you've got a 48-hour window before it needs to be done. Otherwise, the damage has been done to your spine. Wow. God, that is like, that was not the answer that I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it costs the NHS about £350 million a year in compensation. Um, and it's only now that I'm working with Oxford University uh, to do the first research programme ever done in the UK about it or the world. Because yeah. no, nothing's ever been done about it before. Wow. So can, can that come, like you said, so it can come on from like a slip disc, pulled muscle. It can yeah, like absolutely. Pull muscle in your back. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's very, it's, you know, if you've got shooting pains in your legs and you can't use your bowels or you've got, um, uh, you know, signs of like burning sensations in your legs, these yeah. are a trigger warning to audioquinia syndrome. And yeah, people don't know about the, the red flags. So I'm hopefully, uh, I've done an NHS awareness video, which I'll happily yeah. send to you later so you can put up on the podcast. Oh yeah, do. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's just a question of raising awareness of it because nobody knows what it is or how it is and how it comes about. Yeah, and that's so like it's so interesting that you're going to be a part of like the research that's going into it because I think that would be so fascinating because obviously as you say nothing's been done, so that will be like a massive learning curve for for everyone involved. Yeah, I mean, I'm the <laughs> one of the doctors at Oxford University put into put into words. He said, "You are the most." unqualified person i know for cordioquinus syndrome but the most experienced <laughs> and so am i right in thinking that you then acquired your disability you weren't born disabled no 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 i got injured in 2014 uh the oh. chiropractor crushed my spine um and yeah oh my goodness <laughs> uh, and then the following morning i woke up and i had no sensation from the waist down it completely paralyzed me <laughs> oh my good again was not expecting that answer at all 
Like, yeah, it got worse after that because then I went to uh, accident and emergency. Yeah. And this is where the 48 hour window comes in. And uh, the AE doctor put possible cardiacuanus syndrome, but the, the consultant overrid them, overrid the AE doctor. Oh, no. And it was misdiagnosed. So I was in hospital for months, not knowing what was wrong with me. And we didn't hear the, hear the term cardiacuanus syndrome for two years. And so by wow. the time, obviously, that, by the time that, so you, you know, when I talk about that 48 hour window, yeah. yeah that- and I'm in hospital for months. The damage has already been done. So I got told I'd never sit up again. So, okay. So <clears throat> that is like, that's a story in and of itself. Because oh, there's a film coming out about it. Yeah. Like, it always blows my mind when people acquire their disability. Because obviously, I, I don't know what it's like to acquire a disability, is that your life literally changes somewhat overnight. And it yeah. complete, like, that complete change and that complete change of mindset and, like complete change of everything like you become like a stranger in your own body literally overnight i'm always blown away by it because i just i don't have that experience of disability so whenever i talk to someone who has acquired disability i'm always very interested to know what that change overnight was like um well here's the thing as well so i worked for social services for eight years yeah and i specialize in adult mental health and physical disabilities and i've got qualifications in this yeah okay i've been on training programs i've got dozens of certificates in mental health services and physical disabilities learning disabilities and until you actually have it done to yourself you know absolutely nothing Mm -hmm. you can have the education of it that's fine but experiencing it for real is completely different. It's like playing, it's like playing like uh, you know Fortnite or Call of Duty on the PlayStation. You know you can play the play the game, but unless you go into war and, and into battle in real life, you know nothing about the experience whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and it's just one of those things. I mean, we, we I lost my job. Uh, we had to we had to remortgage the house. We had to yeah. you know uh, we had to buy thousands of pounds worth of equipment. Um, and it all, yeah, it just, it, and it was a month after the wedding as well, uh, after I got married. Oh, I, got no. <laughs> I can imagine yeah. like you're being like, yeah, this is exactly what I wanted. <laughs> Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, we're planning a future, planning a future for kids and everything else. And yeah, yeah I got, and a month after the wedding, got told I'll never sit up again. So, wow. Yeah, what what that, an that introduction was, to marriage. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Yeah, but we're still together. We're doing, still doing very well, you know, nine years later. <laughs> and it is really interesting that you then like it did change your life because what i go on to talk about with everybody else and and it will be the same with you but i'm glad that you brought it up because this transition has been kind of seamless if i say so myself is how has this impacted your career because obviously as you said beforehand you were working social services type work and now ironically i've never been more successful (laughs) interesting yeah um so i mean i would have stayed at the leicester city council for years until i retired you know i had a golden pension it was a government job it was you know local authority and so i would have been there for the next 35 years and while i would have been reasonably happy you know we had a decent house we had a three bed uh, semi-detached um you know we had had, and my wife had a good job at britfix soft drinks um who was a junior director so we were very comfortable but when that transition changed, mm-hmm. um, every, you know, we lost one income overnight. Kate had to be, be a full-time carer. Yeah. It's very difficult. It's very difficult. Um, yeah. So. And so. You- so I was going to say, yeah. So 
the the success i i've probably been a hundred times more successful than ever i was working for the council where i to where i am now it's absolutely crazy because you've got that because you've got a personal interest in it and you care about it yeah. so much um you put your passion into it and that's and you know and i for me i would say since i've been disabled i haven't worked today uh because i it is what i do every day it's what i'm campaigning for every day and once you realize that it's not really work anymore yeah it's it's, it's your goal in life yeah and um, it's something you're passionate about yeah it makes a huge difference so rather than going to going to work driving into the city center doing emergency call outs um you know you sorry that's all right <laughs> sorry. um it's yeah it's it's different than being paid by a local authority than something that actually we actually need to do yeah yeah and what's interesting is that you're not the first person to say that they've been more successful since acquiring a disability and yeah. like it's that it's that shift in mindset that almost makes you fight is not the right term because because it's not a fight and it's not a battle but it's almost like it ignites a fire within you to do something yeah better it does yeah and this is where ability access came from the facebook yeah. page and that's where it all started from um and what it was is um i'd been in rehabilitation for a year mm-hmm. and i was just trying to learn to walk again i couldn't walk properly um but i was doing everything i can to get back onto my feet and i've had a couple of injections in the spine yeah. physiotherapy and this was the first we went out for we went out to our, uh, we, we got a favorite restaurant in leicester uh-huh. Uh, and it's a Spanish tapas place, and it we we like everyone else. Even though I specialised in adult mental health and physical disabilities, you hadn't paid any attention to access issues at all. But, you know why do you? You know you're fully mobile. You just walk in, don't you? You don't pay any attention to ramps or you know mm-hmm. anything else, disabled toilets. And um, yeah, it, we went out for a meal, and we couldn't get in because I was in my wheelchair. And there was there was diners in front of the disabled access door having their meal. Um, there wasn't a ramp, so they had to bring a ramp out for me. The disabled toilets were upstairs, um, and uh, it w- and these lovely people having a nice romantic meal had to move their meal and their table out of the way of the disabled access. And everyone's watching as they're going into this restaurant, and it's almost like a show. And we get inside it. I need to go to the toilet. And goes upstairs. They're upstairs. Um, and you're like, really? And that's where ability access spanned from that evening. Yeah. It was. Um, and it wasn't to change the world. It wasn't to have 100,000 followers or anything like that. It was to raise awareness of access issues in the local area. That's yeah. all it was. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, and it all spanned from there, really, because after like a week, I had a couple hundred followers. Yeah. After five weeks, I had a couple of thousand. After that, I had 20,000. And it just kept on climbing and climbing and climbing. It just got really weird very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's always the way with these types of things is that actually, and I was speaking to someone yesterday is that you kind of fall into these things. You never really set out to do it for like the success or like, you know, you don't really do it to like the fame or the glory or, you know, you're, you're kind yeah. of just doing it to like to highlight an issue or like, like for me, I just want to have a conversation and you kind of fall into mm. it. And then you're like, Oh, so like that, this is needed. These like yeah. this, you know, this conversation is needed. This access is needed. And, and, you know, there's a whole load of people in a community out there who want that information. Mm. And what happened was, is when, I mean, they started winning lots of awards and I've, I got like awards handed to me for breaking down barriers in the community. I won something called, which is quite prestigious apparently. It's called the Jesse Jackson prize uh, from DeMontfort university. 
which is quite nice. Um, and I won a few prizes, uh, you know, quite a few, yeah. you know, they were very generous handing out money as well with that as well. Um, so that was quite nice. And yeah, it just started. And then 2019, um, what happened was, is uh, just before then, uh, Vicky Blatch, I don't know if you remember her, she was in the Alton Towers accident. Um, and I think it was 2017 when she posed naked on, like, in the Sun newspaper or something, covering up her amputated leg. And in 2019, someone posted it on Ability Access. And that's when things absolutely got, if I'm allowed to say it, batshit crazy yes. uh, with Ability Access. Um, and Facebook said it was porn. And what <laughs> happened was is, uh, they shut down Ability Access. And so I've got like 50 odd thousand followers on Ability Access at that time. No, you know, it's shut I can't invite people to the page. I can't post anything on the page. Um, and I contact, I was speaking to a marketing expert and I'll send you the recording of it as well. And it's on my blog, abilityaccess.blog, uh, where I actually recorded a marketing expert saying disability is disturbing. Nobody wants to see disability on Facebook. Actual quote. And within two or three hours, I was on Radio 5 Live, and then it was national news, and then it was global news. And, we, and had, because of the, my recording, they had protests all over the world, in Australia and New York and so on. And the group was called Are We Disturbing You, Facebook? Um, and it, it might, that's when it went, Ability Access went from a 50,000-pound page, 50,000 followers to 100,000 followers, reaching 24 million people a month. Um, it just exploded like you wouldn't believe. And yeah. I cannot believe <laughs> that someone said that. Yeah. Disability is disturbing and nobody wants to see it. And like, if that doesn't sum up the cultural and societal issues <laughs> that disability and people with disabilities face on a daily basis, I literally have no idea what will. Yeah, it was absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, at that point, I mean, I've just finished university, and I'm a qualified journalist now because I returned to university after my injury to retrain. Yeah, and what, and I know immediately what I've got is global solid gold. Yeah, yeah, and it, and <laughs> this, it is. Yeah, this is the biggest company in the world saying disability is disturbing. We don't want disability on Facebook. Um. And that's from a marketing expert with Facebook. They've been saying, saying people find disability disturbing. And it just went absolutely. I was doing interviews all over the world for the next few days and I didn't sleep for three days. Yeah. Um, they didn't want to speak to me. Yeah. So that was fun. Yeah. But also like, like that encapsulates absolutely everything that on a daily basis, disabled people have yeah. to almost like fight against and argue against. And like, yeah wild but also i'm so glad that you have that recording because it just goes to show that because you know i think a lot of people tend to think that people with disabilities are a bit too loud or they're a bit too shouty or you know you're yeah. asking for too much but actually when you have it literally as like evidence like pure yeah. evidence you're like actually no this is what we're faced with every single day and this and isn't just an isolated incident this is from multiple organizations as well so, yeah, I mean, Facebook is obviously the top of the tree, but when you've got other businesses as well who struggle with uh, providing access for disabled customers, um, this is what the, the world actually thinks. Yeah, about disabled people, <laughs> we're, we're an inconvenience for them. And like, and that's so true because I think a lot of people, uh, I say a lot of people, I mean everyone who isn't disabled does seem to think that disability is inconvenience. 
And for a long, long time, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, is society has deemed disability to mean inadequacy and also like annoyance and like too much and like too like you know a bit of a burden when actually that's not what it means at all but that's how society now sees it and like you've literally got that piece of gold evidence to prove that and you'll be able to use it forever (laughs) i know crazy isn't it and it's not and it's not going to go away either no i mean things should get better over time but whether they do or not is another matter yeah yeah completely agreed and i think you know progress is progress no matter how we look at it but it depends how fast or quick it's going to happen and that's a completely different matter yeah so i would like to say this is all documented in a new film that's just been recorded um we recorded it in lockdown and this was this wasn't my idea by the way um it's how um it's done by a company called Branded Studios, who are based in Bournemouth. They just mm-hmm. work with uh, like Patrick Stewart, Sylvester Sloan, and all the you know. And they wanted to do a documentary about me, from how I went from becoming disabled to one of the most influential people in the UK, um, with the ability access page, with the grumpy yeah. gits, and so on and so forth. Um, and yeah, it's coming out soon. It's just the, the tra- everything's been filmed in the final bits of editing for iTunes and everything else. Oh, I love that. Quota. And it's won 60 major film awards so far. Oh, uh, that's and amazing. So I've got a cabinet of uh, awards over there from, <laughs> in, international, uh, from international film festivals from around the world, which is absolutely crazy. That's so yeah. cool. So I love like that. Best, yeah, it's one of the like best film, best producer. I mean, I, I, was, I was one of the executive producers. Uh-huh. Uh, um, you know, so we've got best, produ- best film, best producer, best director for Charlotte Fantelli. Um, I'll put, I'll give, I'll send you the link to the trailer, which is on YouTube as well. Yeah, do. Um, uh, and it's just really weird that th- we had a, we had a, we had a London premiere as well uh, last year with uh, mm-hmm. Vanessa Phelps and other people. I got no idea who they were from Bridgerton, um, <laughs> and uh, it was a very, it was a very nice evening. Uh, got a standing ovation and stuff for questions and answers afterwards, and um, yeah, it did really well. So I've got lots that. of influence there. I don't know what influencers do. I haven't got a clue. Um, yeah, I don't, I'm sorry. I've got no idea who these people were. <laughs> I mean, they were very nice. I mean, you know, they're all there to having their pictures taken, you know, in front of the press and yeah. uh, I'm just standing there in my tux and, or sitting there in my tux, I should say. And I've got no idea who they are. Because obviously he says Simon Sansom star, an executive yeah. producer. And I'm, uh, I'm someone standing next to me and they're going, oh yeah, I've got like half a million followers on Instagram. And no, you're like, that are. means absolutely nothing to me. No, no. <laughs> no, apparently half the cast of Bridgeton were there. I've never seen it. I've got no idea who they were. Um, I have I so I much time for that. I have so <laughs> much time for that. <laughs> yeah. And then there was a story in the in one of the new newspapers about, um, you know, all these influencers turning up at this premiere and they didn't do anything about the film whatsoever. <laughs> absolutely standard absolutely standard yeah. and i'd actually love it if you could talk a bit more about the grumpy gets podcast because i think that's a very interesting concept and, and i love it yeah so the grumpy gets podcast is a mixture between me and the grumpy dads so um yeah so uh, so the grumpy grumpy gets is made up of myself uh adam pearson who's in new york film of sebastian yeah. stan which is quite nice. I'm I know. I'm just, I literally saw a picture of him there last night with him, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, <laughs> this is wild!" Yeah, me, me, me and Kate are hoping to fly out there next week to see see them. Um, uh, and Chris Lee Smith and Duncan Casper, mm-hmm. and 
what it was is I was in how me and how me and Adam met, and we've been friends for years now. Is I started a podcast which got no listeners whatsoever, mm-hmm. and it was almost like my therapy. It was called Wild Disabled. Uh-huh. And it was me going around talking to people who had become disabled, but also live with disabilities and how they went from that to being a success. And so that's like Rosie Jones, Michael Keynes, who's the chef, uh, Tanny Gray Thompson, yeah. uh, Sam Bullock, Sam Rank. And it was going around their houses and just doing an interview with them. And it was, it is actually a quite a nice interview and then a quite a nice podcast. Nobody listened yeah. to it, you know, uh, but it introduced me to a world that I didn't know existed. Mm-hmm. And me and Adam, I went, Adam was my first interviewee and we met up in central London. We went to the Tate to record and you should never record a podcast in the Tate, which I, I was about to say quickly. the Tate's such a bad idea to record. Yeah. I didn't know that at the time I was a complete novice. Um, it was just like a central location that I knew. Yeah. Um, and it's so echoey. There's music playing in the background. Yeah. It's such a bad recording. Okay. But anyway, um, my cousin also lived in central London at the time and it was her birthday. And I was going to go around for a, you know, for a meal that evening. And I said, do yeah. you want to come along? You might, you know, and I haven't been able to get rid of him since. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we are actually really good friends. He comes up to my for the weekends and stuff and we hang out. Yeah. And he's a re- uh, yeah. Although I do take the piss out of him, you know, it looks like he's been stung by bees or whatever. Um, yeah, I know. He, I, I actually do love him to bits, uh, but yeah. he takes the piss out of me. I take the piss out of him. And I got uh, a few months after that, I got invited on to the Grumpy Dads uh, with Chris and uh, Chris and um, Duncan, who were the other two Grumpy Kids. And they had a very good concept called the Grumpy Dads. But again, nobody was listening to it. They were getting like 25, 35 views per episode, but they enjoyed doing it. Yeah. And I enjoyed the interview and it worked really well. The actual chemistry between us three worked really well. And I was thinking, well, this is an idea of why don't we get, would Adam be up for doing it? Because he's got, you know, <laughs> I'm going to say one of those faces. That's quite bad. But you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> Ties in really well. <laughs> you know, he's a very good presenter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and we thought, let's just do a pilot, see how it goes. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, two years later, it's financially viable now. We're, you know, we're at the point where we're making money from it, which is good. Yeah. We're doing live performances. Uh, we're getting half a million viewers per episode. Um, and it's just gone, exploded really quickly, uh, which is really nice. We're getting good celebrities on there, Paralympians, um, also people who can make a difference in people's lives for equipment and stuff. Yeah. And, and when we went to Nidex this year, um, you know, everyone knew who we were. Everyone listened to the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people were asking for our autographs and selfies, and, which was really weird. Um, <laughs> for someone who's not yeah. a fan of social media, you're like, this is bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I can do like Twitter and Facebook, but that's probably my limit. Uh, I Instagram, <laughs> I just can't understand at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've never been able to get on with it at all. But it's just one of those things where it's, come together as one and mm-hmm. we put the grump we put wild disabled together we put the grumpy dads together and we came up with the grumpy gits yeah and people have responded to it so well that we take the piss out of disability yeah. uh, but also recognize it we also talk about serious issues as well like disability facilities grant how it's been knocked from fifty thousand to thirty thousand how people are discriminated against on, on a daily basis and while it's not always about disability it's about current affairs subjects as well which we've introduced yeah. we we try and introduce it at the beginning with uh, stupid questions at the beginning called see you next tuesday and it kind of 
light so it just yeah it's it just it's just kind of a light-hearted entertainment way of doing things so yeah. you, you know what it sets you up for the episode because you know that you're not going to get a serious answer or if we do get a serious answer we'll still take the piss out of you at the end yeah um and it, people have responded to it amazingly well um and it's just it's just going from strength to strength where it, as i said it's now financially viable which is great yeah and that's what everybody so, wants at the end of the day isn't it and yeah. i think it's such a good way of like delivering what can be seen as quite difficult and like hard to access topics is humor yeah. i always think is the way forward with that type like you know difficult disabilities i mean like you just sometimes you do just have to laugh at your disability like sometimes that is because if you don't yeah. laugh you'll probably cry <laughs> so like you might as well just laugh about it <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean at the end of the day people say oh disabled people don't have sense of humor yes we do we take the piss out of our legs all the time you know i'm I've, the I've funniest wheelchair. person i know yeah. i'm genuinely know, the funniest too. person i know <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i so, believe yeah. it as well which is what <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um we just we just recorded an episode this week with adam in new york and basically it was just sitting there you know he's, he's in one of the best places of pizza in the world and he gets a domino's <sighs> yeah i gets, used to live in new gets, york and that's like a sin, <laughs> that is a sin. He, okay so i told him right so the best 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 place to get pizza in new york is joe's pizza and they actually quote it in friends as well mm-hmm. uh, which is in hell's kitchen and um, you know they do deliver, and he gets he gets a Domino's. I mean, come on, yeah, the man doesn't know. Oh, well, he can. I mean, the man can eat. I, I mean, I, I I mean, every time we go out for a meal, he orders a huge pizza, and I've got no idea where he puts it because it's tiny. It's about that big. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the way with little people. Like I'm quite small myself, and I think I can eat quite. I can put away a lot of food. It's quite. I mean, I look at a donut. I look at a donut. I put on five stone. <laughs> It's always the way though, isn't it? It is always the way. Interestingly, and after acquiring your disability and going through like, you know, your your life literally changes overnight. Do you feel like you found a positive attribute within yourself from going through some form of hardship? Yes, very much so. I mean, I wouldn't be where I am today without my disability. Yeah. Quite simple as that. Um, I live in a a very comfortable million pound house. I wouldn't have that without my disability. Mm-hmm. I, I'm financially secure for life. I wouldn't have that if, if it wasn't my disability. So yes, uh, there are downsides to being disabled. Yeah. It's enormously expensive. Um, and I struggle on a daily basis. Yesterday I had to go for a three hour kit because I'm hurting so much. Yeah. I get shooting pains. I have something called epilepsy in the legs, which paralyzes me from time to time, uh, which happens a couple of times, three times a month. Uh-huh. Um, which just knocks me for six and there are, I just can't get out of bed because my legs won't support me. Yeah. So I can't transfer. Um, so luckily I'm still able to transfer, but I can't walk. Um, yeah. Uh, and so I, there are significant downsides to it. Um, but also the amount of people have helped the influence I've done, you know, uh, the stories I've written, uh, the policies I've changed, the awards I've won, none of it would have come if I was still working for the local authority. Yeah, you know, and there was—I mean, just to give you an idea, I wrote an article a little while ago about council pa- ta- council tax banding, mm-hmm. and um, where you can actually, uh, if you're if you've got an adapted room, uh, medical room, or you use a wheelchair indoors, uh, and so or there, there's a, um, or you've got um, or you've got a, a, like a walking shower adapted bathroom, yeah. like a wet yeah, room, um, you can get yeah, like a wet room, you can get a band reduction on your council tax. 
And so I wrote a story about that because nobody was talking about it. And this woman uh, claimed about £15,000 because the local, ca- local, ta- local authority backdated it for her. And it's just little things like that that have made an impact. Um, yeah. yeah. And other people saying, you know, you've, you've completely changed my life. You've actually raised stuff that we weren't aware of. Um, and being a journalist and being able to write disabled stories like this uh, has a huge implication on things. Yeah, so, and I love yeah. that it's for you, it's been about the impact that you've been able to create for other people, like as well as yourself, that's like, you know, a real big bonus, but you've genuinely been able to go out there and genuinely help people. Yeah. People wouldn't have necessarily known things if you hadn't written about them, hadn't spoken about them, hadn't talked about it. And I love that. Yeah. So one of the things I have set up uh, in the past year and it's doing okay, um, is called um, Ability Access Legal. Mm. And what this is, is my best mate is an employment barrister. And so what we're doing is we're representing people completely free of charge um, facing disability discrimination in the workplace. Yeah, and we've taken, we, and every case we've taken on, we've won so far, which is brilliant. Wow! And w- one woman who came to us uh, was actually fired for, from a local authority she used to work for Children's Social Services. Yeah, and she's oh, she's been disabled all her life, and she had to change her medication, but the medication was going to have side effects, so they signed her off for a month and a half, so the side effects could basically disappear when she gets used to her medication. Yeah, and when she went back to work, she got fired uh, for having too much time off. And, she, you know, she's got a mortgage, she's got two young kids, uh, she doesn't know what to do with herself. And we took on the case and approached the local authority. And although she didn't want to go back to Children's Social Services to work with the manager who um, fired her, which is completely understandable. Understandable, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They did redeploy her to a different department within the council and she got her job back. Um, and that just goes to show of what you can do. And this is, this is just one of a number of cases we've taken on in the past yeah. year on helping people and protecting people and helping them as much as we can and being financially skilled, being able to do that as well is also beneficial um, because I'm trying to give it back to the community, if that makes any sense. Yeah, of uh, course it does. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's a really wonderful way of looking at it is that you're you're giving back to a community that's also given you so much too. And like, that's a really like symbiotic relationship, which is great. Yeah. I'm about to cough. That's right. (laughs) Oh my God, that will sound horrendous on the recording. I'm so glad that I can edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. You can, you can edit it out every time I have a drink. <laughs> oh yeah. Do you know what? Don't worry. These things, it will sound so slick. <laughs> <laughs> so I always ask everybody who's been on the podcast, do you have a piece of advice for either or, and most people actually answer both. Oh, younger version of yourself or a younger person with the same disability as you? See, the thing is as well, I would give everything up to be able to walk as well, uh, to be able to be independent. Yeah. Um, Not not mean, uh, I'm trying to get through to special assistance at Heathrow to book a flight to New York and I just can't get through. I've been on the phone for an hour and a half and I'm just like on hold. Um, And it's such an inconvenience being disabled. It's just a question of going out, looking, where can you go? You know, yeah. can you have that freedom? You can't. Um, so um, I think if what I, if what I knew now is, is I would have put more effort into being more active as a young, fit, able person. Yeah. 
fighting for disability rights and so on and so forth without the disability. But then again, I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't be where I am without the disability. So I honestly don't know. It's a hard one to answer because... It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it is an interesting question because it's basically defined me. But when I, when I was younger, I don't think I would have had the passion, even with a disability, to do what I did until then. Because it was only later in life, after I got the disability, I went to university and decided what I'm going to do what I wanted to do. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a hard question to answer. And I'm not sure I've answered it completely. <laughs> <laughs> but it, this, is, this is why I like having these conversations, because not everybody has complete answers for any of the questions. And that's yeah. basically what it's like with disability is that there are mm. never really complete answers to the questions that you have no. ever. And that's true. If you go med, if we, we're going to talk like medically, if we're going to talk, you know, socially, if we're going to talk going in and out of councils and, you know, going down like authoritative routes, you never really mm. get a complete answer for the questions that you have. And it's only until yeah. you like rely on yourself mm. and you're able to, to give yourself the answers that that's probably when you're going to get the most reliable and set answer. Yeah. I would say that where I am now, I'm possibly in the most comfortable I've been with myself for a, a very long time. Yeah. I think that's, and I think that's an, all that anyone wants is to know who you are, know what you stand for, the honesty, the integrity, and trying to do the best you can for not only yourself, but also people around you and the, and the community you represent. Um, and I feel I do that um, as, as, as honorably as possible. Yeah, I mean, I do take the piss, don't get me wrong, and I joke about it, but, you know, you try and also enjoy it as well. <laughs> and I think what's really interesting is that talking about joking and, and jokes with disability, it's, it's a very, it's very much set upon who you're with, I find. There are some people that I can have a real good laugh, joke, a bit like mm -hmm. crying laughter with, but there are some people that I will never enter any form of jokey conversations with. And that's purely because I know that I represent a community that if someone was to come up to, you know, someone else and joke because they'd heard me say something and that person took it the wrong way, I would never forgive yeah. myself for that. So it is uh, interesting. <laughs> I've got a different approach to that. Um, interesting. I love language. that. Yeah. I, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if someone's insulted, it's their, it's their own problem if they're insulted. I mean, if I'm specifically racist i'd expect backlash but if i'm yeah. just giving my personal opinion um uh, and oh boy i would never be racist or anything like that but if i give you if i give my personal opinion or anything like that and they're insulted by it that's their own problem for being insulted they're too touchy um you know get over yourself you're gonna not everyone has the same opinion as you and if you think that then you're very small-minded so yeah, get over yourself it's an opinion it's not a fact exactly yes oh we do need to talk about snowball by the way yeah i would actually was actually going to ask you all about snowball app next if you could oh if you i'll let you do the introduction <laughs> <laughs> so i know that you have come up with a brand new app and it is um yeah. is, was it launched quite recently on apple and android yeah, it, was it was launched last a week and a half ago God, how good is that for like retaining information? <laughs> <laughs> so I was wondering if you could tell us a bit more about Snowball app and, and what it entails and what it's all about. Yeah, certainly. So Snowball is uh, a spin-off from Ability Access. So earlier mm -hmm. I spoke about how I couldn't get into my local restaurant yeah. uh, and raising awareness of disabled access in the local area. That's where Ability Access spawned from. And yeah. until recently, I mean, this has been a six-year project, um, 
from Ability Access to where I am now. It's, it's called Snowball Community. You can find it on Apple and Android. You can download it now. It's ready to go. And we'll put the advert up with Hannah Cockcroft and Aaron Phipps, who are both gold medalists. Yeah. Um, and what it is, it's, it's a review platform. It's TripAdvisor for the disabled community. I love that. And yeah, you can. So what you do is you take a picture of wherever you've been. Okay. Um, you can take pictures of disabled toilets or whatever, or ramps or automatic doors or hearing loops or whatever. And you can leave a review of the place. So also it's linked to because it's, it's linked to Google as well. It's a global app. So whether you're in New York or in London or Birmingham or in your local village at a local post office, um, you can download the app. You can put a review on any place that has where customers can go. Uh-huh. Yeah. So any shop, pub, restaurant, theater, cinema, sports complex, sports stadiums, uh, Wembley Stadium, wherever you go, you can put a review on how accessible it is. And you, and it's so it's, it's also for, it's very good. So for example, it's brilliant for students as well. So, um, if you're going to university, okay. And you don't know where to go, you can look on the app. Okay. And you can say, Oh, okay. I can go on a pub crawl here, 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 here. Um, but I'll avoid these places because I can't get in there. So it improves people's quality of life as well. Any, yeah. I mean, the amount of times I've been to restaurants, pubs, places, venues, events, where I've been turned away from lack of disabled access is enormous, especially around like somewhere like Covent Garden in central yeah. London. Um, me and my wife spent two hours looking for a restaurant because we were going to the theatre, and in the end, we had to get a McDonald's because we lost so much time trying to look for an accessible place. Um, and we wanted something to eat before the, before the show started. Yeah, so, sure. and it stops you from going back to the places where, because if if you if you are disabled, you live a very small life, and that's not sound. That's not meant to sound insulting, but you always return to places that you know have access, ex- good accessibility. Yeah. And this is hopefully going to change that. Okay, but uh, because you can put independent places on there, you can put independent restaurants on there, independent shops if you want to support local butchers or something, they can tell you if it's accessible. Or if they're not accessible, if you go to the butchers or something, they'll come to you and just say, like, like Timpsons in Loughborough is not accessible at all, but they'll come to the front door for you to help you out. And it's that little bit of information that people need to know um, on how to interact with their own communities. And this is what the app does. It's not all preloaded. Um, so it's going to, it's a slow builder. Um, so you need to actually put things up there on a regular basis. So for example, Odeon in Newcastle isn't probably isn't on there at the moment because we haven't had a review about it, but Odeon in Loughborough is. So you need to be specific about the location and where you're going and what you want to review. So if you type in Oxford, for example, I know there's only two places on there at the moment, but the more people places get added, the better it is for everyone. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it will grow over time the more people do it. Um, and we've got seven times Paralympian gold, uh, gold medalist Hannah Cockcroft, who's just starting the Commonwealth Games, and gold, medal, gold, uh, gold medalist from Tokyo, Aaron Phipps, who's a wheelchair rugby player, mm-hmm. as brand ambassadors. But also we've got 12 community brand ambassadors based all over the UK, um, including uh, Sam Bullock in London, yeah. uh, uh, Jordan Jarrett from Channel 4 News, and... Um, Oh, uh, Martin Dugan from Newsround, who's Speaking based in Manchester. On Monday. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's, he's just been an honorary grumpy git. Uh, he helped us out at NIDEX recently because um, he covered for Adam Wires filming in New York. So, just and casually. yeah, so we've got all, just casually. So we've got all these celebrity ambassadors based all over the UK who are going around uploading stuff and, tr- and promoting our social media for us. So the good thing about it is, is we can reach a million people a tweet with all of us. Yeah. Um, 
promote the app. So in the first week and a half, we've got hundreds of reviews up all over the place. Um, and we've got hundreds of people signed up. We've also got like NHS Trust football stadiums, Newcastle Falcons have signed up, uh, University of East London have signed up. So we're getting large businesses signing up to Snowball and they're starting to put up stuff, which is fantastic. And it also goes down to the local councils as well. We've got a, council, a parish council in the middle of nowhere in Northamptonshire. But no, I'd never heard of them before who signed up to it as well. So, I love that. And they're putting their local village on how accessible their post Where, Whereabouts is. is that, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, I haven't got a foggy, so I'm going to have to look it up. <laughs> Definitely look it up and let me know, only because I know Northampton really, really well. I'm just really intrigued to <laughs> what village I'm it is. You, I'm saying you're it, yeah. <laughs> and he just goes to show you that all, also little councils and big councils and metropolitan cities can all be involved in this. Yeah. And the, the, it might take a couple of years to get tens of thousands of places reviewed on there but it will happen eventually we got great publicity it's in the news for the past few days um and i'm doing lots of interviews for it as well and it's just one of those things that's desperately needed yeah and that's the thing it is needed because a lot of people i like i i think of one thing on the, on the top of my head that recently i had a friend who asked um i really want to go out in leeds i want to go out for a boogie where's we wheelchair accessible and it was like specifically like karaoke bar. She was like, I really want to go out for a night out karaoke with me and my pals. We all want to go out. Where's accessible in Leeds for a karaoke bar? And there's nowhere. No, not that you know of. Well, not that we can find. <laughs> <laughs> so now we need to download the yeah. app and, and let everybody else know where it is. <laughs> yes. So, and that's the whole idea. If you want to go for a night out as well, you can, if you're going out to pubs, restaurants, whatever, you can look on there, you can put in like Loughborough, for example, and, and it will populate the area as well on what's accessible and where's not. So, yeah. yeah so you, rather than going through reams and reams of, you know, what degree the slope is or anything like that, you know, to get into a place, you just have a quick look and say, okay, 80% of people said they'll go back to this place. So, yes, it might not be completely accessible. I might be able to access half the bar, but as long as I can access the disabled toilet, the karaoke machine, we're away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think I already know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I yeah. have a particular set of questions that I find really annoying when people ask them about my disability. And it tends yeah. to be along the lines of, did a shark bite your arm off or what happened? And now I was wondering if you had any particular intrusive questions that you find annoying or like just a bit too much from random people. Oh, all the time. Why are you in a wheelchair? That's always the top one. I actually made an official complaint about that once. Um, I was at um, Costco in Leicester. And, yeah. you know, you know, you get, the, you know you get these people hand out chicken samples and drinks. Yeah. Yeah. This bloke came up to me and he goes, um, why are you in a wheelchair, mate? I went, excuse me? And he goes, why are you in a wheelchair? I went, can I get you? And I go, can I get your email, please? And he goes, why? I goes, I'll send you over my medical records for you so you can have a look at them if you want. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, the, best, the best answer I heard of, I wasn't there to witness it, is um, uh, Dan White and Emily White. So Dan White is an ambassador for Snowball, and uh, he's got a disabled daughter called Emily, and she's, very, she's lovely. And um, it was out and about, and he told me this story. And... He goes, this bloke came up to me and goes, this bloke came up to me and goes, because she's in a wheelchair. She, he goes, oh, aren't you brave being out and about in the community in your wheelchair? And she just turned around to me and went, why I wasn't in a war? 
<laughs> and it's, yeah, it's, you know, I mean, the worst one I had uh, was at our old house. And we, we used to go for walks quite a lot and um, around the park and stuff. And this bloke came up to me and patted me on the head when he was walking his dog. I went, oh, it's nice to see you acting about. I went, get your fucking hands off me. <laughs> patted you on the head? Like? Nice to see you acting about. Yeah. Oh, what? Get your what fucking hands off me. Yeah. Yeah. I should have done it for assault. <laughs> Patronising. People. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know where they get the gall and the gumption from to think that that's acceptable to do that. What I, I don't understand is that doing that to any other like group in society, mm. you're absolutely you you be crucified on the spot by media press oh, at the full it, box. It, but it, it, like, it is it acceptable to do it to disabled people? Absolutely not. But you still think it's okay to do it anyway. It happened to me last night in the pub. Uh, we went out for a meal with my cousin and my wife, and the blo- I mean, I was in my mobility scooter. Yeah, and he goes, "Don't do any wheelies on that." Fucking, I can't do wheelies. It's a mobility <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Um, I, I, you know, and it gets, oh, it, the worst one is, oh, you need some, you, you, need, you, need, you know, you need some gears on that or you need to slow down or you need to booster on that or, you know, you, have you got a, oh, have you got a driving license for that? Well, no, you don't need one. I mean, everywhere you go, they think they're being funny, but really I've heard it a thousand times, if not more, yeah. and you're just being patronizing. Yeah, like and they think they're being funny. funny. Yeah, they're not funny at all, and they think they are. Yeah, and it. Oh, anyway, yeah, it's so annoying. It really is annoying, and you put a smile on your face, but really, you just want to say "fuck off." Yeah, and I think that's like that's it's so true. Is that people think that they're being funny or they're trying to be a bit relatable when actually it's just yeah. weird, awkward, and like on and, so many levels well, wrong. If, but if you've got an OAP with a walker, they wouldn't say anything. No. That's the thing. You know, I've got a walker. I mean, I can't really use it that well, but I've got a walker. And if I was using that, they wouldn't say a thing. It's only because it's got an, only because it's got a motorized engine on it, is that they say something. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Really annoying, really irritating. <laughs> I just want to throw stuff at them. <laughs> I, but it's, it's true. And like, that's why. I, I like to ask these questions because some people have don't get bothered by any questions. They're like, no, like you can ask me any question or like, you know, if you've got something to say, like I'd happily have that conversation with you. Whereas other people are like, no, actually like you're, these things are, are not okay to ask me. And like, mm. you know, that's personal preference. It's human nature. We all have different things that we're accepting of, but it's yeah. interesting that so many people have so many different varying opinions on this. If they, ha- if they have a genuine question, because my condition is very rare. Well, at least it happened. I say rare. Like four people, four people really get cardiac syndrome in the UK, mm-hmm. um, but nobody knows about it. So if they've got a genuine interest in it, I will happily answer. Especially for young kids as well. Yeah. You know, if young kids come up to me and go, "Why are you in that thing?" and I go, "Right, I I, in, I got injured in 2014. I've got something called cardiac syndrome, which means I've got limited sensation from the waist down. It's a spinal damage. You've got to look after your back. Yeah. That I don't mind." Okay, but if you're asking why you're in a wheelchair, just out of curiosity, don't want to talk to you. Yeah, <laughs> I've got better things to do with my time, <laughs> especially when you're just handing out chicken in Costco. <laughs> <laughs> 
I did get an unreserving apology, and apparently they uh, started a whole training course for how because uh, apparently the people who hand out stuff in Costco are contractors uh, by a private company, and they didn't implement uh, sensitivity training for disabled customers Good. to that. So uh, yeah, absolutely. So something did come out of that. So well, then yeah. this goes back it, it, to you making that difference in the community, doesn't it? Like, it, yeah, it, it all feeds uh, into that. <laughs> and when I went back there, he just went, "Hello, sir, how you doing?" <laughs> That's like the best response that you can get when you're like, "Yes, I did that." <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. my final question for you is Simon can you say that you're disabled and proud you mean uh, am I am I disabled and proud or are we talking about the uh, LGBT community or no no no, no, no we're talking like no, okay. are you proud to be disabled am I proud to be disabled no <laughs> <laughs> I'm not <laughs> being disabled sucks let's face it it's you know it's a hard it's a hard graft every day especially with my disability yeah. and i'd give it all up tomorrow um however i am disabled i can't hide from it i can't deny it and i will do everything i can to make sure everyone gets the equal rights and now I, I so i'm i'm a former liberal i'm a former liberal democrat from years ago from a different yeah. lifetime ago and um i always what one thing i did like about the liberal democrats i know we're talking about politics and we shouldn't really but you know is um the Liberals believe that any, anyone standing next to you should have the same rights, mm-hmm. full stop. Yeah. Okay. Uh, as the person standing next to you, the other side. So, um, am I proud? To, and and that that isn't what we have in today's society. There is disability discrimination. There is, yeah. uh, you know, um, on the benefits system, on the carer sector, disability facilities grant. It is very difficult being disabled in the twenty first century. And people don't realize how difficult it is. So am I proud of the disabled? No, because it sucks. And it's not an equal and fair society for the disabled community. Um, once it is, yes, I will be. Yeah. I, I yeah. like that answer because I feel like you, you've given across your points and your reasons as to why. And I think, you know, everybody's different. And that's like a brilliant answer. But I really want to thank you today for giving up your time and coming on the podcast because I think it's been a very interesting chat and I've really loved like listening to what you've had to say. So thanks so much for coming on. You're all the welcome anytime. Thanks for listening to this episode of Disabled and Proud. If you've enjoyed the show, then please give it some love by leaving us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts. It really helps us to reach more and more people each week. Plus, if you've got a particular highlight, then I'd absolutely love to hear it. Tag me on your Insta stories at Disabled and Proud Podcast.